the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing in more. Consumer tech report. Consumer tech report. Still a little tech talk, little, little cutting-edge, bleeding-edge technology that everyone wants to consume because we are a nation of consumers. Apple, they got the HomePod out there. How do you think the HomePod's doing? Not so well. It's a new wireless speaker. You would say it probably competes with an Alexa, but it doesn't. It sounds awesome. It's high-quality audio. Apple had an opportunity to put the HomePod at the center of its ecosystem. And try to move away from just the iPhone gluey stickiness in our lives to more smart home gadgets. Consumers have discovered it's heavily dependent on the iPhone and is limited as a digital assistant. So if you don't have your phone around, it's tough to use that thing. And as a digital assistant, it ain't all that in a bucket of chicken. It has not been a a hit review, a hit with reviewers, any way, shape, or form. That's pretty familiar if you know anything about Apple's history. Back in 2006, Apple introduced the iPod Hi-Fi. Steve Jobs comes out and makes it, like, awesome. The Apple Hi-Fi, the Apple iPod Hi-Fi was a $349 speaker. It was a flop. A rare one for Jobs. But it was a flop. The device was continued about a year and a half later. The iPod Hi-Fi hit the market just as a lot of smaller consumer electronic manufacturers started selling their own speakers that had a little bit more prowess, per se, with the iPod and iTunes. Apple seemed to miss the market by coming out with a product priced higher than the competition without a lot of extra benefit. So the HomePod's out there, and its claim to fame is its high-quality audio. Repeat history, right? Rather than attribute... This speaker with everything that's glorious in digital assistantness, it didn't. Amazon and Google have got that market so far. Strong ecosystems built around Alexa and Google Assistant. It's funny because I got the Google Nest home security system. I got the Google Nest um, fire detector, smoke detector, carbon dioxide detector. I got the Nest thermostat. So they, they, they Google's won that for me and... Honestly, I don't see myself replacing the thermostat every year. So they're going to own that market for a little bit. Amazon's got, you know, the Alexa thing that I find annoying. But it's good for weather and news updates and, you know, uh, you could say stream Rob Black. Stream KDOW. And it's done. But the quality of the speakers, and it just doesn't feel right. I don't want Amazon to be my electronics company. It's kind of like I don't want Costco to be my clothing company. Because then you'll see the brand and you'll go, dude, where's cheap clothes from Costco? Yeah, yeah. There's something to be said about be- being perceived as cheap, right? So Siri is struggling. And it's an unfortunate reality for Apple because 
when we heard about modern voice assistants, we're like, oh, Apple may not get it with the first Siri, but Apple didn't get it with the second Siri either. And Siri's been around since 2011, and here we are six, seven years later, eight years later sometimes. I don't know. What year are you in? Because it ain't the same year that I'm in. Amen. I'm tired of commercials with talking bears. Stop it. I'd like to see a talking chicken or something on occasion. But Siri had the early lead, and they've fallen behind Siri in terms of its ability to understand its users, answer questions, and work with third-party apps. Cook, 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 Tim, cook, 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 cook of Apple sees this as a problem. He hired Google's former artificial intelligence web search chief to his executive team. So he's got, you know, members of the executive team in charge of hardware, design, software operations, retail, marketing, financials, internet services, and now artificial intelligence. Siri should be fixed coming down the road, but again... The $349 HomePod is pretty awesome, fun, cool, tricky, gadgety. It ain't worth the money, though. Unless you like the audio crispness. So does Google pay women less than men? There's a lot of, lot of talk about equality in the United States. But, yeah, it appears that some, you know, engineering contracts have come out, and it's a bit of a red flag. But it's also reality, right, in our society. It, it, well, I'm not going to say it's also reality and say that's all good, but it's out there. Paul Jacobs, the ousted chairman of Qualcomm, is making progress in lining up enough funding to take the chipmaker private. It could make the bid within the next few months. So will they go private and push the stock price higher? Uh, there's Wall Street has not given Qualcomm a, a, a break. They're holding lawsuits with Apple against them. They're holding, you know, competitive issues against them. Samsung's joining the blockchain party. It's my party and I'll do what I want. A little Miley. Samsung's joining the blockchain party. Now, what is that all about, right? The world's biggest maker of smartphones and semiconductors may use the technology behind cryptocurrencies. Manage its vast global supply chain. Companies around the world have said they're planning to deploy blockchain technologies on everything from cross-border payments to tracking the life cycle of supermarket chickens. Supermarket chickens. Samsung Group is one of the first global giant manufacturers to take a serious look at using the distributed ledgers in its operations. Blockchain has been thrown into the spotlight because it's tied to Bitcoin. It's breakthrough what blockchain does in that it transforms the way transactions are recorded, verified, and shared. And its impact on the corporate world has been limited so far, but Gartner Group predicts blockchain-related businesses will create $176 billion in value by the year 2025. So you're seeing a dawn of an industry. And if I were you, instead of watching the Oakland A's or San Francisco Giants lose tonight, both have been eliminated from the playoffs, maybe type in you know, blockchain investments. Start living. Start learning. Um, and that's out there. So blockchain is going to be around. Um, other stories of note today. Russia sanctions for Syria. Fresh sanctions are going to be imposed on Russia's related um, Syrian situation and the use of chemical weapons. And it's starting to hit the Russian stock market for sure. China's economy is expected to have brushed off trade wars, debt mountains, and regulatory crackdowns in its first quarter. 
Growth maintained a 6.8% pace in China, well ahead of the target, 6.5. Now, again, I don't believe everything I hear out of the U.S. economy, and I don't believe everything I hear out of you know, the Chinese economy. The United States is telling Russia and China that you're currency manipulators, and that's the kettle calling the pot black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black. This is probably one of my favorite songs to listen to recently. It's not the song of the summer, but it's something I've been paying attention to. I don't know. Why do I share? Why do I share? Why do I share? Do you care? Sweet. Netflix plans to boost its number of originals a lot this year. They want 700 new original titles. And when I started thinking of Netflix, I'm like, that's a lot of titles. But the big issue for me with Netflix is going to be this question. When does the intermission start? They've only got four big shows this quarter. Their stock is basically has double the valuation that it had roughly two years ago. When a disappointing subscriber forecast took the stock down 13% in one day. If you're a Hollywood hit maker, you know that sometimes making movies aren't going to be a hit. And sometimes a good solid show won't play well when an audience hopes and expectations are too sky high. Was anyone happy with the new Star Wars? Was anyone completely satisfied? I want to see more Wookiees. I want 14% more Wookiees. And I didn't get it. (laughs) So the slate of new series this quarter is just four. Will Netflix be able to ring the bell and uh, hit earnings numbers? We don't care about earnings at Netflix. Like, we don't care about earnings at Amazon. We care about how are they growing the scope of their business. And when do they take the foot off the gas and improve their margins? That's going to come later. Stick with the first question first. How are they going to grow their business? So Netflix just has four series coming out this quarter. Lost in Space is one of them, which I, I was jonesing for. Danger, Will Robinson. Just relive some of my childhood. Danger, Will. I was surprised how, I'm not going to say smart, but for a PG-rated show, I didn't mind. I, you know, I I didn't have to see blood and guts. I want to see the first alien who comes and talks to them and tries to hoodwink them out of their possessions. The hilarity of the, I'm too young to die. Dr. Smith versus the, now Dr. Smith has been replaced by a woman. So, but see, here's the thing. Last year, Netflix had House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and others that hyper-focused us on the company's ability to bring in new eyeballs. So what, and they're going to do 700 this year? So yeah, I, I think you could say that Netflix is probably due for an intermission. Tax day, did you pay your taxes or are you too late? No! Tax day is on the 17th this year. Why is that? You know, 30 million Americans still haven't paid their... 40 million Americans still haven't paid their taxes or filed their taxes. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's all I got for you, ladies and gentlemen. Consumers rebounded in March. Nicely. As I like to say, nice! 
Nice. Um, retail sales were good. Autos were good. Employment numbers are good. I don't get The Rock. Just throwing that out there for you. I do get Coachella. Something to be said for young people with skippy clothes. Enjoying music. Saying that it's spring. Everyone love, love. It's spring. Thank you. Little trade tensions going on right now in the world. When the United States tells China and Russia that they're manipulating their currencies, devaluing them. I think we issue debt whenever we want to. I think we print money. And that devalues our currency. That's called the kettle called the pot black. Bank America's up today on earnings. Costco rises on an upgrade. I think I'm gonna be the only American who says this out loud. I hate Costco. Costco is now on my list of things that I hate to do. <clears throat> I love the gas. I love the tires. I love the deals that you can get on flights. I hate actually going into a Costco. There's nothing enjoyable about it for me. I don't like the people. They're nice. I'm not going to I don't like the hustle anymore. and bustle. I was at a Costco in Reno, and I'm like, why do people love this stuff? You know, you get this like 600 pound man selling, giving away free samples of cocoa butter. Here, eat a stick of cocoa butter. You're like, I don't think that's a good idea. You don't think the benefits of coconut are there? And no, it's, 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 it ends with the word butter. I don't want to eat it. And like, it's just, it's not that good of an experience for me. The food is great, you know, the prices. But when do you shop? Like the one in Reno, wide open. The one in Cupertino, it, it, it's, it's like a battlefield. And the only thing that should be a battlefield, battlefield shouldn't even be battlefield. Love should be a battlefield. But nothing else that should be a battlefield, especially shopping at Costco. I go into a Costco on, in the Bay Area, and it's like a fight. It's a fight for mankind. And you're like, you're, you're wondering. Then you go into a small town, mid-sized town like a Reno, and there's no one there. But there's also not a lot of product there. I think they might stock their stores based on uh, median incomes. Yes, yes. So I'm not going to say this yet, but at some point in time, I just want to put the message out there that I hate Costco. I hate free samples. And um, I stand by that. I don't need free samples. Syria was in the news today. Syria, Syria, Syria. Not cereal. Missiles were launched. Targets were hit. The response has been tempered. And the markets responded positively on that. McDonald's in the news. In large part... In large part, a lot of people see that it can't repeat what it pulled off in last year. Last year was great for sales. Successful initiatives coming together all at once. So one analyst is saying, that was a great year. I'm going to let it cool off. That analyst put a $170 price target on the company, down from 185 which represents 5% upside from here over the next 12 months. But the shares are up 24% in the last 12 now, I remember times in my life where Monopoly would come out with, uh, McDonald's would come out with games like Monopoly or, you know, at the Olympics go for the gold and you'd scratch off and you'd win things. And I always hoped that I was going to be the seven-year-old kid who, or eight-year-old kid who hit the million dollars and was able to buy my parents a house. I never was that guy, but I tried. All I want to do is sit on the couch and eat corn chips. So McDonald's can't keep growing at 24% stock growth year over year. Do I like McDonald's? I do. Would I own McDonald's? I would. Consultant work advisor, particularly actually mentioned stocks mentioned. But sometimes, unless they come out with like golden chicken nuggets that cure, you know, diarrhea or nuggets that cure cancer, or if they can come up with a chicken with eight legs, they can get more nuggets per chicken. I just don't see the innovation. 
I see a lot of productivity and I see a lot of kiosk coming. I do like McDonald's long term. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Westworld 2 is getting ready to come out about robots. Whoa. Westworld Season 2 is about to come out as it's a sci-fi series that focuses on robots and the way we treat them. Should we treat robots with respect? The show is going to be an interesting situation because, like I said, uh, a lot of companies like Netflix and HBO are spending a lot of money on original programming. And the storytelling is pretty great, pretty violent sometimes, but you never saw the season of uh, Breaking Bad. And if you weren't hooked out to the first two episodes, I don't know what would. Or Altered Carbon. There's a lot going on. But robots, right? Robots, robots, robots. Elon Musk it says that he agrees that there's too many robots. On the Model 3 production line. Robot parade. Robot parade. Elon Musk did one of those, I'm going to call it soft interviews with CBS this morning. He suggested that he thinks Tesla needed more people working in the factory and that automation has slowed the Model 3 production process down. So weren't robots supposed to make things faster? We did get to see a little bit into the robots and the Model 3 production just a little bit of video of that. That was pretty fascinating. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, talk a little financial planning. Chad, joining me now. CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Great. So let's talk about the small stuff in yeah. financial arena. Don't sweat the small stuff. Should you sweat the small stuff or don't sweat the small stuff? Well, yeah, and this is really in terms of estate planning because the stuff in the middle is pretty easy to deal with. Pretty straightforward, right? What's the middle? You know, your your basic wealth. Okay. If you if you have a living trust and you're titling the house the right way, your retirement accounts, your taxable accounts, your taxable accounts get titled into the name of the trust, which is still your social security number. There's no tax but for doing that. It just bypasses probate. But it's kind of the big things and the and the really little things. The big things are meaning that if you're a single person, you're over five point three four million now, you have an estate tax problem. Okay. Married, ten point Six eight, right? Okay. So it's those problems, and then the ones, the little ones. It's it's the things that catch in a state up for the longest period of time, like what to do with mom's wedding ring when she passes. Keep it. Well, pocket. Who, who gets to Pawn keep it? it. There's Pawn there's it. three daughters. Who gets oh. to keep it? Right. How about you cut it off her dead hand and sell it? <laughs> well, Is that know, the right answer? You know the story on that one. So, I do know the story. Yeah, on that I one. told that a million times between my uh, for my aunt and my. My uh, great aunt died, and my mom's sister wanted to pull the wedding ring off the finger. Who does? Who at death? That? Like, who, like, who wants that? The body's still warm, and they want to pull the. F- and she asked my mom to do it. Is, <laughs> so do you think that's like, romantic? Because I, I clearly don't care about rings. And like, if my dad died with his college football ring on, I'd be like, eh, I'd go to the grave with him. Yeah. So, do you think? See, I'm not romantic. Do you think you have to be romantic to want memorabilia like that? You do. I think there's a little bit of narcissism involved. So when I see this in families, it, it always comes back down to uh, the people that you would say, okay, that, that's kind of a narcissistic person. Maybe they're you know, on Facebook doing selfies all the time. Have you heard this whole Facebook selfie and the, the mental disorder that comes along with it? If, if you point to all the, the problems, it's usually those people that are a bit narcissistic that always believe that they had the closer relationship with mom or dad or the aunt. Those are the ones that 
put up the huge fights that hold up estates for years at a time for a small item. The you know piece of furniture, Christmas ornaments. Um, there was one where it was a, a wealthy family that liked to hunt, and it was a uh, oh it, some sort of a grinder that ground meat. Sausage, yeah. yeah, sausage grinder. Um, that was a nine-month process to f- figure out who got that instead of just continuing to share it they, like they always had. And they couldn't go to Cabela's and get their own. <laughs> exactly. Which but is, it, it was passed down multiple generations, so instead of just keeping it in the family and, and keeping it in one spot or transferring it from one place to the other, where they all hunt in the same place anyway, instead they no longer talk because of one stupid item. So the opposite of your story is my story is my mother, she's getting up there in age. She should be dead, but she's been living with a stroke for 15 years. Um I was like, can I have your rocking chair and can I have your frying pan? And she said, yeah. And I, that's my estate. That's her, that's her estate planning with me. Yeah. And I'll let my brothers, you know, what if they want to fight over it, fight over whatever they want to fight over. Money, possessions, house. I don't want any of it. I got I got my childhood memory of my mom's frying pan. <laughs> it's, I remember walking into my stepmother's, grand, my stepmother's house in Black Butte, Oregon. And we went in there for our annual summer trip. And there were sticky notes all over everything, and it had a person's name on it. Oh, no. And she was she, she was getting older. Yeah, it's morbid. It was pretty morbid. Yeah. Because we were all there, and she'd kind of forgotten that she'd done it. <laughs> so there were sticky notes all over all these items. And uh, I'm like, my name's not on anything. <laughs> Did you start writing chat and replacing sticky notes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one near the safe, the one on the car. It was stuff that really wasn't worth a lot anyways, but... Did we cover what we needed to cover? Well, it is the small stuff. So, you know, you can have a living trust and you deal with the bigger things, but you also have to think about the smaller things. Okay. The wedding rings, the smaller things that you can, you know, have a letter along with your will and trust. Um, me, I'm just going to say, sell everything, liquidate it, split the cash. Yeah. And that's what I think is the smart thing to do. Because mm-hmm. I've seen families destroyed over one grandfather that I know gave the granddaughter a lot, but gave his son nothing. And then gave his daughter everything, but gave the granddaughter nothing. Yeah. And they all hate each other. And, and, and keeping a track of these family items, you get families where they get a loan for a house for one daughter and then not for the son. And then those things don't get written, written yeah. Yeah, down. And so people get angry at the end. Yeah. I've seen that one, too. And it's like, okay, so I'm going to get mom's house, but you get $200,000 now. They go off and spend that 200000 and they're bitter that they didn't get the house. Yeah. yeah. Get everything in writing and be respectful and about it. give a lot while you're alive. You kind of get a lot of... Uh, it, you go it with feels a charitable good. angle. Yeah, feels good. Feeling good, charitable angle. What are you trying to make up for? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Fast lives? I don't know. <laughs> I think you did something in high school or college that you don't want to admit. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, with that being said, you could. that's Chad Burton, newfocusfinancial.com. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. He's a CFP. Um, check out his website. There's a lot of great downloads there. New Focus Financial. So home building, not keeping up with growth. And it's kind of crazy to think about, right? Because if you drive anywhere in the Bay Area, you see cranes and communities and construction and prefabs and condos and just everything being slapped together. You would think there is no housing shortage, but that's how long they got behind. That's how far they got behind. Playing catch up now. America's housing shortage is more wide-ranging than cloistered coastal markets um, that make the headlines that are pricey. You know, California and Massachusetts are two states that come to mind. Arizona and Utah, though, they say that they need construction. California bears half the blame for the shortage. We, the state with a mighty bear, 
we built 3.4 million too few units. 3.4 million too few units to keep up with job population income growth. You wonder why everyone seems to be bidding on your home or bidding on the home that you want? And there you have it. And it's been for a long period of time. So builders can't keep up with the pent-up demand and the overall demand. California is certainly the post-trial of what happens when you don't build enough housing and we don't fund enough affordable housing. It's going to take years and, frankly, decades to resolve the problem. And it is a problem. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. Volkswagen's still out there trying to make a name for themselves after their big scandal. Thank you. Not sure why we played that sound effect, but it's all good. Because with Volkswagen, it'd, be in, it'd have a German accent. Like kink. So Volkswagen's commercial vehicle unit said it's considering a full takeover of Navistar. So trying to figure its brand out at this point in time. You saw that restaurant stocks are always interesting to me. Anytime you say tax cuts and consumers and jobs, people have jobs that go out. And as a trend, millennials have been going to restaurants more so as they want food pres- uh, prepared fresh. So what do you think about names like Sonic or Darden Restaurants or Texas Roadhouse? Have you been on a road trip doing your convoy down the road and then suddenly you see uh, the one, the only Texas Roadhouse on the side or BJ's Restaurant? You wonder why BJ's Restaurants does as well as they do. They always seem to have a crowd, right? Uh, It's typically not for the high-end eater. It's typically not for the super low-end eater and it's people who see themselves as, you know, better than average, but not quite, you know, filet mignon. Filet mignon. So what do you think about investing in companies like Red Robin Gourmet and Dave and & Buster's and BJ's Restaurant? For me, they're a lot like tech stocks. A lot of tech stocks should be rentals. When you're talking about true tech stocks, like uh, revolutionary ideas. But when you're talking about companies that, you know, could put out a home pod and a home watch and, you know, just put crap product out there. Or a good product. Although the HomePod didn't get great reviews, but it reminds me a lot of the AirPods. When the AirPods came out, everyone was like, who wants those? Where are the cords? We want the cords. We don't want Bluetooth. We, do you want Bluetooth in your ear? You'll get cancer. And then they suddenly become the hottest thing for Christmas. And people are talking about how great they are. So I'm not a big guy on restaurants because like a lot of snow one weekend could change their 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 sales numbers. I'm not a big guy on restaurants. Because at some point in time, you, go, you look back and you go, man, last time I ate a Texas Roadhouse, well, I just did not feel right for two or three days. Or any restaurant. Any restaurant, to be fair. I'm not going to single them out. We're not very loyal with our dollars when we get bad service or bad food. So, anyway, uh, consistency wins all battles. And that's why companies like McDonald's uh, does so well. As an investor, I'm still focused in that way. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Credit scores are going to likely get a little bit of a polishing this month. As starting this week, some consumers may have a higher credit score because improved standards for utilizing new and existing public records. The three major credit reporting companies are now excluding all tax liens from credit reports. I mean, some scores will head higher. Process can determine uh, getting credit. 
your credit reporting is a big important thing in your life because the whole process of credit can determine the interest rate you will pay on your credit cards, on your car loans, and your mortgages. It's one of the things I've always said is <clears throat> mamas and daddies, when your kids go off to college, consider getting a secure credit card in large part. It's tougher to blow up your credit score that way. And when your junior goes off to finish college and move on in his life and start his life or her life, they're going to find that credit scores are super important. Uh, do you want your kid paying 7% for a mortgage while his neighbor's paying 4.5%? It's going to have to work much, much, much harder. Let's bring in Tony Mendez. He does my mortgages. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. So, Tony, Wells Fargo, um, you as a mortgage lender, um, your job is to find one of 30 banks or one of five banks to to give people $600,000 when they decide to buy a new home. And I'm sure you've worked with Wells Fargo in the past. Uh, any thoughts on uh, a bank going back and changing terms? Like, it seems kind of... Well, there's... It seems pretty easy to do, right? With the day and age of computers? Yeah, they're saying things like, well, we're we're never going to uh, finalize a modification until we have the paperwork signed by the, the borrower and things like that. But, uh, you know, a class action suit like this is pretty scary because um, to even get that far, there's going to be multiple complaints, um, many, 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 many complaints. But there's no doubt that uh, you go back to 2011 and 50% of the home loans were originated by uh, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. And today that percentage is down to 21%. Uh, so six years later, 21%. They've lost a tremendous amount of business because of things like this. And uh, most people are saying the grass is greener on the other side, uh, working with smaller local banks or brokers. Um, and as a broker, we use what they call wholesale lending. Uh, it, it's not private lending, but it, it's lenders that are set up just to work with brokers. Um, they're they're going to be banks you've never even heard of. Uh, but they, that is their specialty. They they aren't going to dive into trying to sell you a credit card or a uh, you know do some weird thing with a modification. They 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 go directly to Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they they are the shortcut. So brokers and and um, smaller banks are really benefiting from the, you know things like this. Where Wells Fargo, um, you know, they're going to take it on the chin again. Uh, and and the, the, that large bank uh, name is going to take it on the chin, and brokers and small banks are going to benefit from that. How do you feel about working with a bigger bank? I would imagine that there's pros and cons. On occasion, the a product Wells Fargo pulled out of wholesale mortgages a, a ways back, but they still go through um, what they call banking, uh, and they they will lend their services as an investor. So they'll be basically your money, that broker's money or that lender's money. And on occasion, they will offer a product that beats other products as far as pricing. Uh, their guidelines are pretty tight. Um, but uh, if you're a cookie cutter, which is really what they're looking for, uh, you know, sometimes you can benefit. So it is, it's on the, it's all been on the table and it'll probably stay on the table for quite a while. Well, a mortgage lender, you get to know your customers pretty well. Um, you're a friendly guy. Uh, you get to know them pretty well. And do you, when you work with a smaller lender, Wells Fargo is a huge lender. They're the King Kong of lenders. When you work with a smaller lender, do you find that the mom and pops are a little bit easier to work with to craft something towards your, yes. your client expectations? Absolutely. Okay. 100%. Okay. 
Uh, and, and that could be everything from the way that they look at a, a guideline. Some uh, Wells Fargo will be the kind of lender that will have what they call overlays. That's where you have a Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or FHA or VA USDA product, and then they'll slap on top of all of their their guidelines. Well, a lot of the, the main difference we're going to see with these small wholesale lenders is they're not they're going to go. We're a direct Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac lender, which means they go right off of their guidelines. So that makes a big difference when you when you pull up what they call an automated decision. You can just submit whatever's on that report instead of all of the crud that the other banks are going to overlay. Now, I would imagine the banks, the big banks, have probably better service because they've got more employees. Or like when you have, okay, so let's say I come to you and I want a mortgage. And you're like, okay, I need your proof of income. Or I need proof that this $100,000 deposit in your bank account wasn't from drug money. Who gets the turnaround faster, the smaller guys or the bigger guys? Smaller guys. See, I would think the bigger guys. Huh. Is that a funny world that we live in? And that's that's probably the problem. Whoa. That was poor sound effect. <laughs> poor sound effect. Uh-huh. I can do my own booze. <clears throat> Sorry. It's <laughs> one of my favorite ones. <laughs> so he, 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 he makes good. Um, yeah, so that's kind of interesting to me because I, I think that's where... Like, you're in an industry where we don't really need you because we could walk into a bank and get our own loans. We could walk into a bank and get our own 401ks, or we could walk into a bank and get our own uh, car loans. But that, yet there's someone out there who can get better deals and get to know people and get to craft something more particular to them, which is... Yeah, we we would like to say in the, in the broker's brokering business that we it's not just the relationship that we build with clients, but we build it with the lenders. Um, before we even you fill an application out while you're doing the pre-qualification. I already know where your loan's going to go. Okay. That's because I do enough business where I know every single lender and what product they're going to offer and which one's going to look at your self-employed income a little bit differently. Maybe it's a, a credit issue. Are they going to, we just did a transaction where somebody had a, a dispute on their credit. Wells Fargo would kill that deal until they, the dispute's gone. Well, we got it done at a different lender. So it's small things like that that can make a difference. Yeah. Where it's a 30-day instead of a 90-day kind of thing. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So if you need it to rush a loan, you, you know who to go to. And Absolutely. If you need to get a loan for someone who's The like, basics still have to be there. I mean, income, credit score, assets, equity, or down payment. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.